Hey there, patrons, and welcome to your bonus podcast for episode 314. More from Tom DeTrinis. This conversation, I just loved talking to him. I edited it just moments ago and posted it, um, but I was smiling the whole time. It was really a great conversation. Um, we videoed it. I don't know. Do we want to use this? Uh, anyway, I don't know. I'll figure out maybe something to do with it. If you want to see like the video recording of that for any reason, let me know. I could put it up. Um, we did. We had the video turned on, but I'm, I'm just saying video too much. Um, Happy New Year. This is you'll be listening to this in the beginning of 2021. Um, great, I guess. <laughs> Wow. Um, I hope you're all well. And um, what was I going to tell you? Oh, the um, this podcast is going up on a Saturday. Monday, I'm getting back on track with 2021 Monday podcasts. I have four interviews that are ready to go. So I'm set for January. And then, you know, there's always interviews rolling in. Um, always let me know if there's someone you want to hear on the show. Uh, someone you didn't love hearing on the show, someone you really loved hearing on the show, tell me all of it. I want to know all of your stories. Um, and I hope you're doing okay. Uh, I'm going to start rolling out the um, promo and everything for the new zine called Headphones. Um, so I'm always like, please don't get mad at me <laughs> when you see me doing a lot of promotion, but I don't think you'll mind. I really have a, a goal with myself to not give up. <laughs> the last few times I've done these special offers for two weeks, I do it for like, I pr promote it for maybe a day or two. And then I just get in this really awful place where I start like, oh, people are laughing at me. They're, they see me posting this on social media thinking, oh, there goes Michael again with his little zine project. Oh, like, I don't know why, but I get in a really gross place and I need to just plow forward and do it anyway. Um, so... I appreciate your support with that. So <laughs> if you want to cheer me on in any sort of way, let me know. Is there anything we should start doing in the new year? Do you want to do live streams or or anything like that? I could do little workshops or we could just hang out. Let me know if you want to do stuff like that. I think I'm going to get the, um, you know, the Discord. I really want that going. Blah, blah, blah. I'm rambling too much. I was going to make this a really short intro. I guess not too bad. Anyway, um, I love you all. Thank you for being here. Here's to... All of us like powering through and and having um, a solid 2021, no matter what it throws at us. Okay, see you later. Bye. Hey, patrons, welcome to your bonus podcast. Um, joining me still is Tom DeTrinis. Did I still say your last name? You did right? it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I freak out about names so much. Uh, even if I know the right pronunciation, I'll screw it up. <clears throat> um, well, yeah. Well, thank you for joining me here. Of course. Um, My pleasure. There's a thing we have in common about being writers, because I also am a newish writer. I have like a couple of solo shows under my belt, but I just started writing. Like nobody told me how. I mean, it sounds like that's a little bit of what your experience was, too. Like, I'm mm -hmm. curious about what that, how you got there, like what any of that was like. Well, about... I want to say about like three years ago, I realized that I have to write my own stuff because I wasn't, I was trained as an actor. So, okay. So we can do a little history. Okay. I started acting when I was eight years old on Long Island in like community theater and regional theater, whatever the hell it was. Uh, who cares about the distinction? Um, 
uh, and I was in acting classes and then, uh, I mean, it was what I loved more than anything in the world and I still love it. And then I went to school for my BFA musical theater at the university of Buffalo. Yes. SUNY state school. So, you know, she's incredibly smart. <laughs> Thank you. And then, um, uh, and then I moved out here to Los Angeles and I started working at a literary agency um, that represented books and book to film and book publishing. And I worked there for seven and a half years from graduation until the end of my twenties. Um, and it was, um, a great learning experience. I look at it like it was my fucking graduate school because I learned how to talk to other people in the business aspect. Cause I didn't learn that in, you know, musical theater school. It was like dancing, singing and acting. Right. So, at that same time, I started doing a lot of theater in town, and I started um, this theater company with my friend Brooke Sagan, who's a, a lovely genius. And sh it was called 30 Minute Musicals, and I produced them, and she wrote and directed them. And um, I produced a lot of theater. I was in a lot of theater. And then about like three years ago, I was like, I'm not getting cast. Things are not happening, happening for me fast enough. I was like a bald, you know, weird person who wasn't weird enough looking that they were casting like American horror story weird. <laughs> right. And I wasn't attractive enough that they were casting me on his other fucking shows. And I was too gay. I'm still too gay for television sometimes. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just, I, number one, fuck it. And I'm going <laughs> to do what the fuck I want. And number two, I need to learn how to write. So I, of course, turned to save the cat which was a, a book about screenwriting. And when I don't I read know anything it, about this book. I'm okay. sorry. It is a book that many people suggest you read. It's a wonderful book that teaches you a lot about structure and storytelling. If that is your, if that is your weak point, I recommend the book because it will be like baseline. Everyone in Los Angeles knows what Save the Cat is. It was a very famous book. It is a very famous book. And when you go on Amazon to buy it or hopefully your local bookstore, you'll see a bunch of like just a fuck ton of reviews and people who have recommended it. Anyway, I started there because I was like, well, I guess that's where I start. Yeah. And what I wanted to help uh, get help with is dialogue. Because uh, we said in the main episode, I because I'm an actor, I can tell the difference between shit dialogue and not bad dialogue. And so... I wanted to learn how people write dialogue. That book did not help me. Um, then I um, went on, uh, I'm, my day job um, where I make money, uh, I'm a personal chef. So I went on this writer's retreat as the personal chef with this lovely human being named Pete Goldfinger who has amazing screenwriting classes here in LA. And I wonder if you go online and Google Pete Goldfinger, if he's doing them remotely and if he is absolutely go in there, he's a wonderful fucking teacher. He's mm. so supportive. He's a lovely man. And, um, I went on that retreat cause I was like, great, I'm going to be around these other writers writing and I want to see what the process is. And really it wasn't anything that I was super demystified about. I was like, Oh, these people are just sitting down on a computer and going. And a lot of them talked about story and a lot of talked about like that kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't have a problem figuring out story because as an actor, your job is to tell the story. So you yeah. should know how to tell a good story. If you can't, you need to get back to class, girl. <laughs> um, so uh, that's kind of like how I began the writing process. And then it just was a battle with myself most of the time until I just finally began. But I still don't know 
how to write good dialogue. I think I just have to, I just have to trust the process of writing and rewriting in order to find that. Um, and we'll see what you guys all think of the show. If I wrote good dialogue, I mean, I, I wrote for myself, so Mm -hmm. it's very specific to me. And one of the things that the artistic director of the theater company always gave me a compliment on was, I love how you are writing so well for yourself. I, I just, you are on that page. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, so, um, that's kind of like how the, how this all came about in terms of like the history of my writing, quote unquote. Uh, and I, what I'm also understanding is that it's very personal per person. So like some people need help in other areas and not in other areas. And it's very much, um, it's very much, everyone is very different in the way that they need their in into this whole thing. They're in into writing and creating this type of work. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm, I think that's what I think. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it came about. So like I try to do a lot of, cause I like to research before I do something or I walk into something and I do kind of like take my time, uh, with certain things. So this one man show took, I feel like actually six or seven years to write, but um, I wasn't actively writing it until this past year. Do you think? And it's, it's out. Get out of my way. Sorry, what'd you say? Uh, I was going to say that the period when you weren't writing, it sounds like you've already answered this question, but do you feel that was part of the process of creating it too? Like in oh, between yeah. actual writing? Yeah. Uh huh. The rest period is just as important as the writing period and sometimes more important. Like when we, when we filmed the show, we filmed it on Tuesday, December 1st. And we took the Thanksgiving break. We had a big week of rehearsals, all COVID tested, everybody calm down. Um, (laughs) And we ended on a Tuesday and then Wednesday and Thursday, you know, was that Thanksgiving weekend. And I actually, felt the show get better because I stepped away for several days. Hmm. I did not do the show. I didn't look at the show. I didn't think about the show for a solid 48 hours. And I have to tell you, that's actually how it got better. Cause I was like, Ooh, I needed that time away. And even right now I did it a week ago. I don't want to look at the actual writing of the show because this show will be up live one day. And I know I will have to go back and attack it and look at it and work on it again. I am not ready for that. I'll know when it's time. I think you all will know when it's time. And and it's hard some at moments to decipher, am I taking the time that I need to step away from it so that it has time to flower and grow or am I procrastinating? Those are, that's a very fine line that you have to walk on. Yeah. Woof. I love, oh, I, I feel like every podcast I do is at least once where I'm like, oh, I needed this. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. it's really, it's so, it's so good to talk to you. I'm so excited about your show. I think this is like a perfect, well, wait, maybe we should throw out, do you want to talk about your name? I was going to just leave that oh, out. Oh, yes. Okay, no, one more thing. So my last name is Detrinus. Um, If there's another person you know with the last name Detrinus, they are my cousin. Uh, there is many of us on this planet, and I know all of them. So, uh, there isn't so many that at this point that I don't know the offshoots 
because like they are definitely my cousin or my second cousin. And then my cousins have had children at this point, but I know all of those children. They're too young. They're not like out in the world, like sowing their own oats yet. Right. Um, but allegedly my last name was actually Trini, T-R-I-N-I. And it was Italian because I'm actually mostly Italian, especially according to 23andMe. I'm 46%. Thank you. Oh, noted. Uh, uh, so I'm mostly Italian. And that's allegedly on the boats when they came over. They wanted to change our last name to make it not so Italian. So they made it to Trinus, which is also like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Don't know the tale. Well, we might never know the tale. But, you know, that's kind of it. Because I think my great-great-grandfather who came over on the boat with that, who had that last name, he didn't have many children. And then those other people didn't have, they were kind of small, but it wasn't until my grandfather who had eight children. And then those eight children all had at least three or four children. So I have 30 first cousins. I have about, you know, like 16 something aunts and uncles. I have a very large family now, but before that existed, it was kind of small. So it's easy to track. Right. Wow, that must be, yeah, interesting. It's, oh, it's I, interesting. I love the way that you're able to list off the number of each type of oh, relative. Well, you awesome. have. I, I, I list off so easily because it's in my show, but also because it's such a fascinating thing to me because it's so abnormal. Mm. I mean, you don't meet, I'm one of six children. I have like an older sister and four younger siblings. I like have a huge, my, my immediate family is huge where there's eight of us with my mom and dad. So like, I am used to people when I tell them that they're like, what? Because in 2020, having a family that big, even in the 1990s, having a family that big when I was growing up, people were like, how many siblings do you have? I mean, it was very abnormal. Yeah. So I've always had to know those numbers off the bat because people are always so shocked by it. And they're going to be questions to follow that, right? They're like, oh, so how many cousins, how many? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh. All right. There's the history. That's the history. The I love brief it. history of the name. <laughs> we covered so much on this on this yes, show. We did. Yes. Um, did. So this is perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I love the podcast. Love it. Yay.